Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling. Join Andy Schneider, national spokesperson for the USDA APHIS Avian Health Program, editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine, and author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, Chicken Factor Chicken Poop, and Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, as he welcomes top poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, and poultry nutritionists to discuss the hot topics in the poultry world today and provide science-based, fact-based, study-based information to help you raise the healthiest poultry possible. And now, here's your host, Andy Schneider. All righty, thank you very much for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Millen. We have a really fantastic show for you today, and this may be, uh, over the last 12 years of broadcasting the show, this may be maybe a first that we've uh, actually done this. So my wife is at home in the studio. She's running the switchboard, and I am calling in remotely. And our guest today, uh, Dr. Bridget McRae, she's calling in remotely. And uh, we just have a fantastic show. So hopefully we won't have any technical issues. Sound quality will be very good, and we'll be able to have a fantastic show for you today. We have an exciting show for you today. I think probably for the last few years, every single year, uh, we feature the winner of the Alabama Golden Egg Contest. In fact, I've been out to Alabama before and visited the winner's location and toured their coops and met them firsthand and all things like that. But with my uh, um, medical condition right now, I've got surgery one week from today, uh, though I'm doing very well. Uh, there was just the travel uh, wasn't in the cards for us this year. But nonetheless, we've got, uh, we're doing the podcast today with the winner, and there's going to be a featured article in the winter issue of Chicken Whisperer magazine uh, about the winner. So how cool is that? So no commercials doing, during the show, um, no real host chat. I just wanted to kind of set the stage for you of what we're doing today. And uh, we're going to go ahead and have Jen bring Dr. McRae live uh, on the air and then I'm going to welcome her, and she's going to get started, I guess, kind of telling us what, what if you're a new listener, uh, what, what all about the details of the Alabama Golden Egg Contest. And it's, it's pretty rigorous, and uh, it's, uh, it's really the winner 
uh, it's just amazing. So, Dr. McRae, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on today. Hi, Andy. It's good to be here with you. Um, I've got the winner of the Alabama 4-H Golden Egg Contest with me here, and I have just come back from a tour of his coop. And um, But to describe for you guys, we have um, – we have already examined all the egg entries for this contest. And um, when we get all the egg entries in, first thing that we do is we compete with looking at the outside of the egg. Um, how uniform are they in size and color and shape? Um, they do a good job of, of packing them. And then we select randomly three eggs from the dozen, and we crack them open, and we examine the contents. We look at the color of the yolk, and we do a Roche color score on that. And then we also do a measurement of the hull or the height of the albumin, and we do that with a tripod micrometer. So these are very common um, methods for measuring egg quality. And then what we do is we wash the inside of the eggshells out and we dry the eggs for 24 hours. And then we measure shell thickness. And you did really well with your shell thickness. Thick shells get to the, get to, thick shells mean that the eggs won't break on their way to the customer. And so, um, you know, those are the three areas that we look at um, and we assign point values to, and we had over, I think it was like 25 dozen entered this year, and one set of eggs came to the top. We added up all the points. I'm sitting right next to that winner right now here in lovely Etowah County, Alabama. Um, the winner is from Atala, Alabama, and his name is Phoenix Bates. I can't wait for you to see pictures of this coop because it is amazing. Oh, my gosh. And, boy, this young man knows his chickens, everybody. But, Andy, I'm going to let you talk to Phoenix and um, get to know him for so that your listeners can get to know him. All righty. That sounds fantastic. And I think, Janet, back at the uh, switchboard, is going to mute you uh, and try to play the, the, the muting game here um, because when we're, when we're both on, we get a little bit of feedback. So um, okay. hopefully Jen will be fast on her fingers and she can unmute you when we get back over to, over to your uh, – well, actually, she can't unmute you because I'm going to be um, talking with, with Phoenix. So Jen, scratch that <laughs> as we work through this, two people calling in remotely and somebody at home. So we'll just have to – hopefully the sound's not uh, not too bad. So. Phoenix, can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Oh, fantastic. So first, I didn't get a whole lot of information, but I'm sure all of our listeners want to know uh, how old you are. I'm 12 years old. 12, 12 years, years old, fantastic. Old. And how long have you been raising uh, chickens? Around a year and a half now, I think. About a year and a half. Did you get started on your own? Did you get started with like a 4-H project? With a 4-H project. Got to love 4-H. Everybody loves 4 
poultry. It was a protein, pro, pro, protein corn. How about chicken? Chick-chain. It yeah. was chick-chain. It was chick-chain. Fantastic. Yeah, chick-chain is absolutely awesome. So uh, for about a year and a half, you got started with 4-H. Tell us what breed chickens you have. I have white Brahmas, buff Orpington, and black Osterlorp. Gotcha. So within your dozen of eggs that you submitted, were there eggs from all three of those breeds? Um. Not really. It's mostly um, Buff Orpingtons and Light Brahmas. The Light Brahma. Okay. So the eggs included in your dozen that you sent in were the Orpingtons and the Light Brahmas. All right. So we're talking about brown eggs here. Um, very good. And um, did you do anything differently to prepare for the contest? Or you said, you know what, I think my poultry plan I've got right now is uh, is working, and I'm not going to do anything different. I'm just going to submit my eggs like they pop out of the chickens and see what happens. Yes, sir. All right. I want to change a bit. I just grab them, clean them, and let them go. <laughs> that's fantastic. And then hope for the best. And you and you ended up being the best, so that's great. Actually, when I was speaking with him earlier, Andy, he said it was really luck. Because what was your flock doing that time of year that was kind of making you go, I don't know if I'm going to get eggs? Because the last around three days before I, before I had to turn them in, they weren't laying. So the first day, they lay six eggs. After that, they lay, the next day, they lay six more. And we I didn't really think they were going to lay any eggs. So... I didn't really believe that we were going to win the poultry con- um, going egg contest because we didn't have any eggs. So the last two days, they I got 12 eggs and cleaned them up and sent them to the office, into the existing office. And he's here. So those are the ones. County. Where is that in in relation to the state of Alabama? North, south, central. North. North. Actually, it's close to you, Andy. Um, it's oh. near Gad. It's in Gadsden. That's what the county office okay. is that we're at now. Um, so okay. it's the, the northeast corner of the state. Did I get that right, guys? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Perfect. So so when you didn't get any eggs, because um, I'm not sure how long ago you had to turn them in and the process between then and now, but um, – did you notice your chickens started to molt, or was there a, a cold snap that came through, or it was just, you know, there was, you, you could see, you know, really no reason, or did they start molting after you got that dozen? They really didn't start molting at all. They are pretty fine. But what do you think was affecting them? Um, The cold weather. Okay. Actually, that, during that time of year... I think it was the heat because this contest was in August. Which, okay. You know. Yeah, heat'll heat'll definitely heat'll definitely do it. That's for sure. And uh, you know, it could have been the stress of the contest if you went out there and sat with your chickens and told them and talked to them and said, "Okay, ladies, you know, I, I don't want to put some undue stress on you, but 
you know, I really would like to win this contest. I need the best of the best. I need you to produce the best of the best. Maybe the stress <laughs> got to him that way. <laughs> Is that how you talk to your hands? No. No. Did you keep speaking from your hands? Yeah. I bet, I bet they could see in my eyes. I really want to do something, but I thought the nerves that's in my eyes, I thought they kind of lay low for a little while. <laughs> oh God. Let, that's awesome. Let me tell you what's always worked for me. Um, I walk out there and I have a little talk with him and I tell him, I'm like, look, I'm either going to eat eggs or chicken and it's your choice, baby. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, all of a sudden I start getting all kinds of eggs after that. <laughs> you have those conversations with your chicken? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> tell him about tell him tell him about who is in your flock. In my flock? Tell tell me tell me how many roosters you got, how many hens of each kind you got. Um name. I got two roosters. One of my roosters name is Foghorn Leghorn. And my other rooster is named Um Chicken Little. And uh Four uh, black Brahmas, five black Orpingtons, and six light Osterworms. Buff, uh, buff Orpingtons. Yeah, buff Orpingtons. And black Osterworms. Yeah. And any any names for the girls? Um, buff Orpingtons were is named Snow White. Nice. And describe for Andy your food and water setup, because maybe that's part of what your secret to success. And we have two um, water ga- um, water gallons for the chickens, and one food um, food source thing. You have two. Oh yeah, two. I forgot the one on the wall. Um, they mostly eat the food in the winter when it's cold, but mostly in the hot they get more water, so we don't have to buy much food in the summer. So better that way. I blocked it. So. And what kind of what um, what form does the food come in that you feed them? Crumbled. Okay. And where do you normally buy your feed? Tractor Supply. Mostly Local. around Tractor Supply. Okay. And. Tell him about your nest box setup because that's pretty cool. We they have enough room for uh, all the chickens, so we have made three more nesting coop box from hand, and it works pretty good. It's big enough for them, and we um, harvest a coop for a a chicken house coop for Arcus from my uncle's. Yeah. Family. And there's a little hole on top of it that they take their head through. He's got a he's got a, a double layer, so he's got a ten hole. Get this, a ten hole nest box, and he added three more holes that he made himself. I'm sure, Dad, did you help? A little bit, some little bit of help from Dad. And uh, but he repurposed. An old nest box that has a little bit of rust on it, and it rusted through on one part. So it seriously, Andy, it looks like it's got a skylight. 
and those chickens, I guess, get a really good view as they're laying their eggs, which ain't bad. Ain't bad. Yeah. Um, so let me ask him this. It sounds like he has about 13 nest boxes that are functional, and if I remember correctly, he probably has about 13 or 14 hens. How many of those 13 nest boxes do they actually use and lay in? <laughs> they use all of them, but some are kind of not really fawn to the nest boxes, so they sometimes sit on the roof of it and hold it up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, see, our chickens, they use them all. People oftentimes are just amazed. Like, what, sh what, is, this, what is this trickery that you're using? Because, we, we, you know, we'll have eggs in just about every nest box that we have. And uh, other folks, they'll have the experience where they have, you know, 12 or 15 hens, and they use two nest boxes out of the 15 that they have, and they'll line up and fight over them. So I wanted to see kind of, what was the daily routine uh, there in your backyard? <laughs> well, you know, I think part of his his technique is that he's got such a nice, big, comfortable coop for them. It's almost built like a like what was what's called a winter garden, and so his chickens have plenty of space to move around in, and he's actually taken the time to cover his nest box area, which has a nice wide opening. So it's darker in there, which is probably why they have no problem using every single nest box. So he's kind of got this really cool hybrid between just regular open nest boxes and what might be considered um, a dark space or a colony space for his chicken, which is probably why he's got, you know, so many chickens using so many different holes in those nest boxes. Good setup, good planning. And, you know. Yeah, we know they like. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, Go ahead. Something else he's got is that his, almost his entire space is covered. He's got really good biosecurity. Yep, that's really good, and that, that's going the extra mile because some people will not do that. Oh, that's too much work, or I don't need to do that, or so having it covered. And that, that helps with uh, uh, maybe a not-so-muddy run sometimes when we have those uh, rainy monsoons we have down here in the south sometimes. If it's covered, sometimes you eliminate such a, 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 med, a muddy run. That's good, too. What was your reaction, Phoenix, when I guess you got the phone call from Dr. McRae, uh, announcing that you had won. Well, when they call, I was in baseball training. So after baseball okay. training, I had to call them back. And, and I was really surprised because I didn't know. And I thought I would lost or something. So I was surprised when I won. And it wasn't me who called him. It was his 4-H agent, Michael Dillon. Um, so what happened is, is all the eggs came to a big meeting um, of all the 4-H agents, and we had it at the Alabama 4-H Center, which you've been to, Andy. And yeah. um, that's where we had Cubtastic, if you remember. Um, yep. And so when everybody started the meeting, they turned in the eggs, and, and 
myself and some of the poultry scientists from Auburn University were downstairs, you know, working away, working with those eggs. And the next day, I had the results by, was it, Michael, was it by the end of the day? Okay. And so by the end of the day, um, we had our big announcement and um, kind of drumroll style. Everybody who had entered the eggs on behalf of their 4-Hers was kind of excited and call up Mr. Michael Dillon's name. And he actually wore your little egg crown and had your scepter for just a minute. I put it on him, too. <laughs> I made an egg crown for them and an egg scepter for this golden egg contest. And, yes, they were golden, weren't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, so, Mr. Dillon, you were the one who was responsible for um, – once come on up. And you were the one responsible for reaching out to the – the family, what was their reaction when you called? He left the message at first, but when he called you back, what was his reaction? They were super excited and uh, kind of speechless there for a moment. And then I kind of went over all the things that he had won, like 500 pounds of chicken feed and, uh, you, know, you know, book and all kinds of stuff. He was super excited about that. But. He's getting a copy of our book, Andy. So, yeah, it's kind of exciting. Um, what else did you get today? I got in a a little prize from Dr. McCray. Dr. McCray, a Canterbury chicken house, and <laughs> a coffee cup and some socks, and and a basket of a big ribbon that I won, and the chicken basket for the eggs every time I go out. And you know what, Andy? He's got a sign that he gets to put in his yard that <laughs> says that S dozen eggs in Alabama 4 H are right there at your house. <laughs> and you know what? Do you he gets fiction too. I just really want to sell them this summer around and around the gas station up there. Mm-hmm. So every time I come through, I'm like, want some eggs? <laughs> so if you're in the area, folks, Maybe you can buy eggs from the best chickens in Alabama that laid the best dozen eggs. So you'll just have to find stickers to put on there. Or maybe you got to write on the on the egg best dozen eggs in Alabama 4-H. <laughs> so there you go. You can ask twice the price. How about that? <laughs> so, yeah, the, um, for our listeners, this was, this was based on uh, I guess, size of the egg and shell and the height of the albumin, if I remember correctly. And I, I guess when you break them open, if they're runny or if they're kind of more, you know, substantial, how high they are and things like that. So when when you when you do this test, when all the uh, poultry scientists and all are gathered around doing the test on these 25 dozen eggs, um, is it, does it always seem, it would seem to me that it would be, really close not not like you know eggs and eggs and egg but it's like you know so close versus just a blow like wow this is it's not even close no why who knows but i would guess an egg contest the results when you're measuring and testing things it ends up being a pretty close race am i assuming that correctly well there's a lot of eggs that end up in the middle where phoenix's eggs did really well was that he had really fresh eggs 
because what did you do to the eggs once you picked them up out of the soup? I cleaned them up and put them in the box and set them on, really. Right, two days before, I cleaned them up and they're, like, fresh out of the coop and all that. And where did you put those eggs inside the house? Inside the refrigerator. Good choice. See, that's part of the key. Not everybody was doing that. Some people have a bad habit of placing their eggs on the counter, and that degrades the eggs. And when you're doing a competition like this, you need to have every edge. But his eggs had really thick egg shells. That was one of the one of the things that not everybody's eggs did that because it's in the summer. And sometimes chickens start to molt or are coming out of a molt and the shells are thinner. So we had a lot of, of thin eggshells this year. And what was it that I was telling you that you might be able to do next year to, to give yourself an edge with the color of the yolk? And something about feeding your chicken something different to change the yolk color. Andy, can you educate him real quick? He's not remembering. Help him a little bit, Andy. Uh, maybe some marigolds. And maybe, what else, Andy? What else could he give him? Say it. Uh, for that pepper. orange, the orange color. He's thinking about some peppers. What else could he do to change up the color, Andy? Hmm. You said peppers. We've talked about. Uh, marigolds, um, I'm not a big fan of corn, um, like most folks. Let's see. Maybe have them free range a little bit, get some grass and things. Help them out here, Phoenix. Hmm. Bears, will bears be good? Grass clippings. Yeah, grass clippings. Yep. Um, yeah, there's some things that he, anybody could do to really darken up their egg yolk. So, Phoenix, how did you hear about the contest? Um, um, Michael here, he texted my mom, and after that she told me about the um, contest, and I was really, really hyped about it and all that. So, Mr. Dillon, how did you hear about the contest? <laughs> Other than for me. <laughs> well, the talking so low, you, you, you were talking Ray and promoting it. So, um, and then from here, just kind of you know, disseminating it, you know, to all the kids across the county that participated before in the chick chain, even though it happened you know, a backyard fight, which is, a, you know, like a Venus case, he did chick chain the previous year. Uh, last year, he was not going to do it, but he still had his birth, you know, from chick chain, so he was able to participate in the project. And how many dozens did you enter? Oh, we had six from Edwalkin. And one of those six was the winner. <laughs> but you had competition from folks in your own county, so whoop. All right. Um, I would say, what are your plans for this walk? Um, grow them, get more of them, and um, sell the eggs from them, and plan on keeping them for the rest of my life. Okay. Now, what are you going to have to do if you're going to get more chickens? Make a bigger coop. Really make a bigger coop and <laughs> make a stand. <laughs> so, now, listeners, 
you can't see this, but as soon as Phoenix said that, there was a little bit of a a sigh and maybe an an eye roll from the parents back here who have who have done such a beautiful job with this coop that I cannot wait for your listeners and readers to see this coop in Etowah County from this winning flock. But that would mean more 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 work. More more chicken wire, so, more <laughs> So Phoenix, yeah, what what is the what's the end goal here? Are we talking, I don't know, three hundred or three thousand additional hens? Um, <laughs> about three million. Oh, oh! <laughs> now look what you've done. So we're talking. So we're we're talking about maybe putting a sign out by the road that says Tyson or Cargill or. Uh, um, <laughs> Fielddale, or <laughs> well, well, if he wants three million birds, I know who he needs to go to work for. He needs to go to work for Daybreak Foods. There you go. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, all the me. all the names I mentioned, all the names I mentioned, though, were broilers, not layers. So if you're looking at doing the layers and the eggs with three million. My goodness. <laughs> Well, when you have an egg-excellent flock like he has, of course you're going to think about eggs first. <laughs> yes. That's an excellent decision. <laughs> Extraordinary <laughs> thinking there, Dr. McRae. <laughs> oh, there you go. We're, we're coming up with the puns now. So. Absolutely. All right. How did you end up with a rooster? Oh. Well, one of the roosters I have is from the poultry contest. Somebody gave me one of those roosters for um, breeding and all that. And the one rooster I have was a surprise from the, port, the chick chain. Oh, so you accidentally ended up with a rooster. Yeah, and I was, pretty ho- I was really hoping for a rooster. So why, I got were you, my... why were you hoping for they don't go They don't lay eggs. I'm, I'm a breeder. Oh, okay, okay. So maybe Andy, an incubator, might be in his future. Huh. Absolutely. Ab- oh, well, if he's, if, if he's looking at three million birds, he's going to need more than one incubator. And uh, <laughs> definitely so. But I, I'd have a question for Phoenix. So you, you've won this contest, and the uh, Alabama Golden Egg Contest. Have you already – or maybe this will kind of spur your interest, no pun intended, spur your interest into doing um, some some other showing, uh, uh, showing like for 4-H or the American Poultry Association or the American um, uh, Bantam Association, but I don't think you have any Bantams, but uh, maybe doing some showing some of your birds, breeding and showing. Have you thought about going down that road at all? Yes, sir. I've been trying to um, figure out other ways to sell my chickens and any other way I could sell them, I would do it. So in yeah, our you start state, making... uh-huh. sorry about that. In our state, if he wants to sell his chicks, he's going to have to go through something called NPIP, which is super easy. It's a blood test. Right. Sure his chickens have a particular organism called Salmonella typhoid or Salmonella pullorum. 
And if he keeps his flock healthy and clean and he gets tested periodically, then he can sell to his fellow 4 or anybody else who's interested in buying chicks. And let me tell you, this chicken selling business is quite the thing, especially during COVID. There's some money that you can make in there. You'll be able to pay off an incubator purchase pretty soon. Yeah. If I just keep selling those eggs, they'll end up winning with some money. Absolutely. Then you can uh, supplement all the money you spend on the, the big coops. Yeah. That, do you know how much that coop costs that you build? Really all reverb. <laughs> it's all reverb stuff. Okay. Now, it's pretty nice, Andy. I can't wait for your listeners to see the pictures that we took of this coop. Uh, and it's kept nice and clean. Beautiful shape, beautiful condition. Um, how often do you clean it? Uh, twice a month. Okay. Is there any reason why you would clean it more often or less often? Unless there's way more manure or litter, or if it's, if it's more dirty and often, really around there. If the coop itself is all not really looking good, we'll clean it. Okay. Do you, are you the one who cleans it? Mostly me and my mom and my dad, but if it ain't that as bad, I'll do it. Okay. Andy, yeah. he has a special exercise feature in his coop for his chicken. I'm going to let him tell you about it just before you tell him what it is. Um, we have hanging um, perchers, perches, swings, I mean. And we have three little um, perches for the chickens. And we have around four swings, four or three swings for them. And I've seen them just jump around all of them here and there. And what are they made out of? They may have wood yarn and clubber, clubber wood. Poplar wood, and he's got them hanging okay, from the roof with okay. hooks. So they they look like they can be adjustable if he makes the the bailing wire go go lower. Um, so his chickens can and I think do exercise quite a bit, which is why they. I don't know. Maybe that's part of the key to winning this contest. Is you got to have happy chickens. Mm-hmm. But one of the yeah, first they're, they're having. Go ahead, Andy. I was going to say, so they're getting exercise, curing their boredom because they've got something to do to entertain themselves as well. I think it's a win-win. One of the th- very first questions I asked him was, what advice would he give his fellow? chain or chicken owners who want to compete in this contest, um, what would you tell them? I would tell them, um, look at the percentage, the how much protein there is in the um, bag, keep it around the good protein level, like around 16 or higher, not around 20, and um, 
how the coop is made. Make sure the the cover is on so there's no mites or um, any parasites that get on them from the birds. And make sure it's big enough, not small, so don't get keep it small size. And make sure you have enough feeders and enough water for them. And clean the coop around three if it's pretty bad times a month and clean the um nesting little nesting um boxes at least two times a week. Two to three times a week. And that's really it. And Andy All um, that. what is sorry, sorry about that. But I was gonna say um I'm going to throw it to the, the 4-H agent here from Etowah County. What advice do you have for young people who are interested in participating in this contest? Because you got a couple of really cool things since Phoenix was your, your winner. Um, tell folks what you were able to bring home to Etowah County. Well, we, got, we have a sign outside the office that uh, says, the best dozen eggs in Alabama 4-H. I mean, it's exciting for all. Uh, as far as young people that want to do the project, um, I'll definitely encourage them to start, you know, with, with the chick chain. That's a great way to get, you know, chicks and you know, learn you know, how they you know, a backyard flock. And then just encourage them to continue on in the project. You know, the project does not end uh, with the show and auction, but continues on as they lay and, and kids, you know, you, 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 you have a business and everything. So I just encourage kids to you know, continue on in that. And, and of course, you know, the golden egg content. It's kind of the culmination. You've all that hard work and, and uh, you know, birds laying eggs and having a business. So, um, you know, it's a long-term project and involves the whole family. And so, um, you could be, you know, even more prouder of, uh, you know, Phoenix here. So. And they also have a candler. Now they have a candler in their office. And I don't know, Andy. There's some, you know, Etowah County was one of the first counties to start chick chain here in Alabama. So now that they have a candler, it could be that Etowah County is going to be, you know, getting ready to send kids to our state contest. They might, you know, who knows, maybe they'll win that and go on to nationals. And, you know, having a, a candler really helps you see inside those eggs and there's a whole bunch of competitions you can have with that. Does, does that county, um, did they send anybody to the um, avian bowl? Uh, they did the very first year that we had avian bowl when I took the, the job here. But uh, since then, we haven't had anybody from Edward County in a while. But I don't know. Right. He's a pretty smart kiddo here. We might see him next year. I was going to say, there's something else, Phoenix, you can strive for. I described Avian Bowl to him as uh, Jeopardy with poultry questions and, you know, described some of the – because Alabama is the national champion for this this contest, but uh, um, described it to him as, as a lot of Jeopardy with chicken questions. And we were talking about eggs and – Raising waterfowl, growing blue ribbon pullets and rat <laughs> We were talking about 
all kinds of rat types as part of, of this contest. But, you know, next year the sections change. You know, you all have a chance to learn all new stuff. We won't have our new sections until after Christmas. Okay. Yeah, avian bowl. We, we've talked about a lot of that on the show a lot. And I always joke and tell people it sounds like something I order at a Chinese restaurant. I want the avian bowl with a side of rice. and uh, But it's it, if you ever seen an avian bowl, which I have, um, it's, it's amazing. And to see these kids throw out those answers so fast. And while you're still trying to think, okay, what, what's the, they, they just, they know it's amazing. Avian bowl is so cool to, to just observe. I can't imagine being involved in one as a contestant. That's great. When did you see avian bowl, Andy? Uh, at the original first, uh, Cooptastic up in Delaware. That's right, when I was in Delaware. Okay, that's right. Yeah, that was a team that came from Pennsylvania, and they were fast. Okay, now I remember. I'm getting old, Andy. (laughs) Um, I'll never forget that, because that was amazing. You know, Phoenix has been part of more than just the the Chick Chain program. What other 4-H projects are you part of? I'm part of um, Rabbit Shows, the Rabbit Show. And yeah, that's it. That's it of the projects and 4-H I've been in. Kick chain in rabbits. Have you done any photography or block drops or not yet? Not really, no. But what about you, Campbell? I've been capsule. This is my first year being youth capsule. And what do you talk about in youth capsule? We um just started. And we were just talking about projects about the 4-H and what we shot on. We talked about ourselves and really just have a good time in youth council. Who is on? Who's, what, who, 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 who makes up a youth council? Um, the people in it. And Are you the youngest? Oldest. You're one of the oldest. Okay. And my group. Of the youth council. Okay. There's all the groups in the youth council. You have the little, um, how like a goat, coach, I say. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name, but um, I'm part of um, my group and two other boys who is in my group. Okay. And can you add some light about the youth council for, for some of the listeners who may not know that's one of the things we do in Gamma 4-H? Absolutely. Uh, youth Council is an opportunity for young people to represent their schools and their communities uh, to give back through several projects, uh, plan local 4-H events, um, you know, participate in projects, plan like you know, annual you know, 4-H awards banquet or summer workshops. is to, you know, not only learn by service, but, you know, to lead by serving. Um, and so it's comprised of kids from all over the county that meet a one great way for kids to become leaders and grow as leaders. Um, you know, like Phoenix was saying, it, we have 11 small groups here in, you know, in this county, comprised of about 10 kids in each group. Um, we have probably five or more schools are represented on the youth council. Um, and those small groups are, you know, are led by high school, you know, by high school students uh, that have been trained to do that. And 
they are in charge of a group um, that meet once a month to make decisions. Um, and, their, and their job is to you know, represent their peers and support the local 4-H program and give their ideas to the 4-H staff here at the local level. And Etowah County is among the best in the state with the, the, one of the strongest youth councils that, that I know of, and Phoenix is a part of that, which means we're going to see great things from him. I know it. I just know it. I don't think this is the last time we're going to be talking about Phoenix State, Andy. I think you're going to see that name come up time and again. I know, right? He's going to be able to share this podcast with everybody, and then he's going to be able to uh, pass out and autograph magazines uh, once that's published here in the next few months, and you got to get him on the um, uh, started studying for avian bull and uh, showing his poultry and breeding his poultry and and uh, kind of get geared towards that three million goal he wants. That's right. I was just reminded he has a little bit more of a, a notoriety and record in in the poultry showing part. This wasn't his first rodeo and winning stuff. Tell him what else you won. I won uh, first breed, uh, first place in breed by a chicken, and first place in showmanship for my chicken. And where at? And uh, Fort Payne, right? The, the Cab Fort, County Fair. Cab County Fair in Fort Payne, and after I done poultry. I done um, rabbit. I won first place and um, showmanship and rabbit, and and research champion for my rabbit. And how did you do in showmanship with your poultry? Um, pretty good. Um, I was actually not really in my age group. I was with the age horror. That was an accident, Andy. He he got accidentally placed with the older group, and what happened? I won out of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so I, I think I think Are, we should be afraid when it comes to town next year, right? <laughs> sounds <laughs> like it to me, it. absolutely. Well, Phoenix, thank it, you so much for. Oh, go oh, ahead. Got go one, ahead. For you, Andy, one more thing. If you're um, it doesn't matter how small or how old you are, you can you still beat the bigger kids if you just dream of it. That's a good one. I like it. That's a good one. Dream big, absolutely. Hard work, dream big, and uh, it's it's just about guaranteed to work. So that's perfect. Well, Phoenix, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I am one definitely looking forward to the article that Dr. McRae is going to be submitting for the winter issue and taking a look at your coop that I understand you guys built with repurposed materials. I can't wait to see that and read more about you and your story and your flock. And, and I know me as well as all of our audience members that are listening and that will listen to the podcast, uh, wish you all the best and continued success with your poultry uh, adventure. We appreciate you coming on. And Dr. McRae, all your hard work, and uh, the 4-H a uh, agent there, fantastic for, for being there, and his parents for supporting him. Because me as a parent and with kids doing getting involved in things, I know that parents are uh, very important in uh, helping support and guide their, their children and, and what they're interested in. So thank all of you um, 
And uh, Phoenix, thanks again for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thank you, Andy. You bet. Thank you. All righty, folks. Well, uh, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. I always look forward to this every single year. And make sure you definitely take a look at the winter issue of Chicken Whisperer magazine that will be coming out in, uh, in December because it is going to be absolutely fantastic. And make sure you definitely look at uh, Phoenix's his, his uh, article there. It's going to be great. We can read more. I'm sure there will be a lot more information in that, plus a lot of eye candy with pictures of his birds and his coop and everything else. So that's going to be fantastic. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, just some housekeeping here. I'm not sure if there will be a, bod- a podcast next week uh, because I will be having surgery a week from today on the 25th. So I uh, would appreciate your thoughts and prayers regarding surgery. And so probably won't have a radio show next Thursday, but we'll get back into this in November. Uh, as, uh, as the holidays approach, we always have fun shows in November and December to wrap up another year. And then we'll look forward to getting into next year, which will be our 13th, 13th year of broadcasting this show. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll see you back here in a couple of weeks. And we thank you for prayers for a successful surgery next week. And uh, we'll see you next time. This has been Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling, with your host, Andy Schneider. For more information, find us on the web at chickenwhisperer.com, on Facebook by typing in The Chicken Whisperer, on Twitter at Backyard Poultry, and on Instagram at The Real Chicken Whisperer. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.